the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You know, the first question is going to be, what did you do with my son? If you don't get that answered correctly, there's no more questions. You don't get to go to heaven. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. I entitled this message, It Wasn't Complicated. You know, for whatever reason, people, okay, but really us included, all of us, we will complicate things in life. We sometimes bring drama in when drama is not needed. You know, if many would have just left things alone, maybe we could have saved ourselves all kinds of trouble, like Pharaoh here that we're reading about in our text today. It was a simple request, as you remember, when Moses first came to him. It was not complicated. He said, thus says the Lord God, let my people go. Surely, it seemed like, you know, a lot to ask, I guess, at first. Why? Because the Egyptians, you know, they were spoiled by having what ended up being an endless amount of slaves doing all of their dirty work. You know, they were so used to having everything done by somebody else that just the thought of them having to fend for themselves, well, guess what? It wasn't very appealing to them. It would cause them all a lot of inconvenience. Yet, it was quite obvious that there was simply no other way that this was going to end. Because the God of all creation, he was demanding the release of his people from slavery. Because they were set apart for him. God's people were created to know him, to worship him, and to serve him not these Egyptians. So the gravy train for the Egypt here was simply over. The days of all of them kicking back and having others do their work was about to end for every single one of these Egyptians. And this transition could have happened so easy. It could have just happened so easy. But Pharaoh, the king of this world-governing empire, he was filled with an extremely prideful and arrogant heart. What he truly needed was a heart of obedience that not many people have today. And again, Pharaoh didn't have that heart. He didn't have a heart that was willing to listen to God. For God's request, it was simple when you think about it. His request was very short, And it was to the point, you know, there are things in life that can be so much harder to grasp onto. Like if you ever put together a barbecue, 
Oh, my goodness. You know, you get it in a box. You think, oh, I'll have this thing up in like 30 minutes. And, you know, you pull all the parts out and all the little screws and brackets. And then you look at the instruction manual like, why is this instruction manual so thick? You know, and it's like 45 pages later and you're putting this barbecue together all afternoon. Well, some things are made a little bit more difficult than what they needed to be. But as we study here through the book of Exodus... Conventional wisdom says Pharaoh should have learned many lessons by now. Like, first and foremost, don't mess with the God of all creation. Don't mess with him. That's not someone that you want to toy with. Don't mess with the one who made everything that is seen and unseen. Don't mess with the one who created you and me as human beings so unique, individualizing us with a different DNA strand. Don't mess with him. You would think that Pharaoh, the ruler of the whole known world, and the fact that the Egyptians, you know, they were at the forefront of all technology for their day. You you think they would have been smarter than that. For out of all the ancient civilizations, Egypt is the only one that still stands out to this day. I mean, think about it. I mean, you have like the Colosseum and all the Parthenon and all this stuff that was all created like 2,000 years ago. This is like 3,500 years ago, and the pyramids are still standing today. So they were at the, you know, the cutting edge of everything. Yet despite all of their pomp, all of their royalty, it was their pride and it was their arrogance that led to their disobedience. And that's what caused God to drop the hammer on them. Yes, most would think that Pharaoh would have already come to his senses by now, that he would have just thrown in the towel, that he would have surrendered and raised up the white flag, but he didn't. Think about what he and the people of Egypt have had to endure. It started with just a simple staff that Moses walked in and he threw it on the ground and it turned into a serpent, but that had no effect on Pharaoh whatsoever. So then God says, I'm going to get your attention with something quite a bit bigger than a staff turning into a serpent. So God told Moses to touch the Nile River, and the whole Nile River turned into blood, Egypt's main source of water for growing food and for just life in general. And it was turned to blood right before his very eyes. Don't you think that would wake somebody up? It's like you would think that would have, but instead, Pharaoh's heart only grew harder as God opened up a huge bag of misery on Egypt from giving them frogs to bugs to insects to a plague killing the majority of their flocks and herds to hail and fire coming out of the sky at the same time. And then whatever was left, whatever was green that was left in the splendor and the majesty of Egypt, he sent in locusts. God brought in locusts by the billions to eat everything in sight. That was followed by God turning off the sun. He turned off the sun. Like, it's not going to be light. In fact, it's going to be so dark you can't see your hand in front of your face. How creepy must that have been? But doesn't that register to you? Like, I don't want to mess with the guy that can turn the sun off. I mean, like, oh my goodness. Making it so dark they could feel it, the Bible says. Yes, after this display of power and might from the living God, you would think that anybody, especially Pharaoh, would be sitting in the corner, sucking his thumb, calling for his mommy. 
But no, that didn't happen. You know, it didn't happen at all. He didn't ask for God's mercy on Egypt, you know, and they would not let God's people go. But that's, you know, what happened. Believe it or not. Again, never underestimate the hardness of our own hearts. Don't ever think that you couldn't do something lame. Don't ever think you couldn't do something horrible. You see some of these shows on TV, you know, where the husband kills the wife, the wife kills the husband. I mean, just heinous crimes like, wow. And you're thinking like, don't think that harboring anger and hate inside can't lead to you doing something horrendously idiotic because that's exactly what was happening here to Pharaoh, you know, and that's what happens when you have a hardened heart. The longer, listen, the longer we distance ourselves from God, the longer we distance ourselves from reading his word and having the renewing and the refreshing of his word in our heart, the longer that we stay involved with a sin that we know is wrong before God, the harder it's going to be to break the power of that sin in our lives. If you keep letting it in, it'll be harder and harder and harder to break free from it. Yes, what was once the crown jewel of the entire planet Earth, Egypt is all in all of its splendor with all of its beauty is now laying stripped and barren. I wonder if Pharaoh thought to himself, why didn't I just let those people go in the first place? But now it's way too late. And of course, Pharaoh, he doesn't see it. He doesn't see it at all because he still thinks he's a god. He still thinks that somehow he's going to pull a rabbit out of the hat here. Pharaoh is his own worst enemy, like at times we can be our own worst enemy. Pharaoh allowed his own wicked pride to come in and steal everything away from him. Yes, there's pride and there's arrogance. Pride is an inordinate amount of self-esteem. You know, we all try to have self-esteem. I mean, if you didn't have any esteem whatsoever, you'd just be like, you look at yourself in the mirror in the morning and say, I'm going back to bed and pulling the sheet over my head, you know? So, you know, it's like you want to think that at least you can get out and do something. But for the Christian, our self-esteem should be grounded in the truth of God's word. In Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ. So we place our self-esteem in the Lord. Lord, I can do all things in you. So if I'm walking in your word, I'm walking in your truth, I'm obeying what you call me to do, I can be blessed and we can walk in that self-esteem because it's in the Lord and not in us. But that is, of course, being conceited the way that most people look at self-esteem today. I'm wonderful. I'm everything. I can do things better than you. All of that. And of course, you know, there's arrogance that comes on that. And that's that feeling of superiority in, in, in an overbearing matter. I can do everything better than you. I'm just better than you. Yes, pride and arrogance will lead us to a place of total separation from God. Think about that. If you're prideful and arrogant, you separate yourself from God. You put a gulf between you and the Lord, you know, and it will lead us to that place. This is what the Bible says about those who are prideful and arrogant. It says this in Proverbs 16, 18. He says, pride goes out before destruction. Think about that. And a haughty spirit, which is being arrogant, and a haughty spirit before stumbling. So he says, if you're prideful and you are 
arrogant and you have that haughty spirit like I'm better than everyone else, it's going to lead you to destruction and you are going to fall. You are going to fall in a way that is going to stumble not only yourself but others around you. And not only are we going to see Pharaoh stumble, but we will see him completely destroyed. I wonder how many of us will not listen to what God is warning us about because we all have a conscience. The Bible says that conscience, the Holy Spirit will come in and he'll tell us, oh, yeah, I don't think you should do that. No, you, that's not a good idea. But we don't listen to it. How many of us will not obey what God has said in his word? This is why it says in James, it says, be a doer of the word, not just a hearer. So don't be a hearer only, but be a doer of what God says. So when we read his word and we know that it says something, then we get that little check in our spirit. We are called to not just listen, but to obey what he says in his word. How many of us fail to really seek after God's will in our lives? Not our will, but his will over our will. That's why James goes on to say, he says, before we you know, finish a prayer, we should always, when we're praying about something, we should end it with, but Lord, not my will, but your will be done. That's the best thing you could ever pray. Lord, I want this. Lord, I want that. Because I think we're all guilty at times of treating the Lord like our vending machine, which are in heaven. Lord, I want this, and I want this, and I want this, and I need you to do this. And it's like, uh, sometimes the Lord does give us the desires of our heart when we're walking in obedience to him. Things that maybe don't matter that much in the scope of life, but God will just bless us with things as we're walking with him. But we should always end every prayer, but Lord, not my will, your will be done. That's what God desires us to do, you know. So again, you know, but I wonder how many of us will fail to really seek after what he wants. Yes, we will all have a little bit of Pharaoh in us at times wanting our way over anything else. For we can also be stubborn. I know it might be hard for you to imagine, but you can be stubborn at times as your mate is going, yes, he sure can. Okay, anyway, but we want our own way, not wanting to submit. But we have forgotten, I think sometimes, that we as Christians are called to servanthood. God wants us to serve. He wants us, you know, to help the other person. It's like, and it's like, where should we start that more than in our own homes? I like what it says in Philippians 2, 3. It says, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also the interests of others. You know, I see my wife do this all the time. I got caught up in something yesterday. I got home late and man, there in the, in the oven was my dinner with a, you know, with foil over it. And, you know, she always thinks of me. She always puts my dinner together. She always, you know, it's like, oh my goodness, you know. So this again needs to start in our own homes as we consider others over ourselves. You know, if we're married, we're called to put our spouses first. This, of course, is not always easy because, you know, we're busy and we got things to do. You know, my wife had asked me the vacuum cleaner was clogged and I'm thinking like, yeah, I'll get on that on Monday, you know, because I had a couple things going yesterday. And then I thought to myself, you know, I want to put it off till Monday. You know, it's like, and I guess many times I would have, you know, but, but occasionally, you know, it's like, well, you know, yeah, I just want to get that done for my wife now. You know, it's like we should always 
be putting our others first. You know, remember when we get to heaven, you know, the first question is going to be, what did you do with my son? So if you don't get that answered correctly, it's like there's no more questions. Like you don't get to go to heaven. You have to go to hell to a place that was prepared for the devil and his angels. Okay, but if you get that answered right, which most of us will, what did you do with Jesus? Well, I asked Jesus into my heart as my savior, as my Lord. Okay, so what's the next question in heaven? Did you love your spouse? Did you put them first? Because there's no other more important thing. Remember, marriage is a picture, it's a mirror of what's going to happen in heaven one day when we, the church, which is the body of Christ, it's you and me, the believers, men and women, where we marry the Lord. We're the bride and he's the bridegroom, where we marry him. So marriage here on earth is a picture of what's gonna happen in heaven with us, with the Lord one day. So God puts a lot of emphasis on marriage. That's why he says, I hate divorce. So it's like, he puts a lot of emphasis. So we should be that servant to our mates. Yeah, so God wants us to use uh, this time on earth as servants for one another. You know, in fact, we can, it can be an extremely hard thing to do that. Yet when we do put our mate first and the others in front of what we want, that's when God can do a great work in our heart. You know, now I understand it's a complete polar opposite of what our culture says we should do. Our culture says we need to serve the unholy trinity of me, myself, and I. It's me first and then everything else around there. But God wants us to do this for everyone that's around us. That's why I try to open doors for people. You know, I see someone carrying something, I'll open the door for them. You know, some women that I open the door for, you know, they're like, oh, thank you. Like, we never see that anymore. These are just, just little things that you might not think anything about, but it's, it's being a servant. You know, that's why the apostles, you know, when they started many of the books of the New Testament, they said, you know, the apostle Paul, you know, a bond slave of the Lord, which comes from the Greek word doulois, which is to be a servant or a slave of your, by your own free will and desire. Like, I want to do this. But see, that's when people can look at you and see the glory of Christ. Remember what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount and, you know, Matthew five sixteen. he says, let your light so shine. And again, we don't have any light, but Jesus is the light of the world. So when he's living inside of us, he can shine out of us. He says, let your light so shine before men in such a way that they can see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. So it's what kind of wakes people up. Like, why are you being nice right now? But see, when you're a servant, it will lead to God's blessings. Proverbs 10, 6 says, blessings are on the head of the righteous. See, God has a blessing on his people and it's on their head. But if we neglect God's word and we don't do what he wants us to do and we just live for ourselves, this is what the Bible says. In Malachi 2, 2, he says, if you do not listen and if you do not take it to heart to give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, honor to his name, honor to his word. He says, then I will send the curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. And indeed I have cursed them already because you are not taking it to heart. Well, who is he talking to there? He's talking to his chosen people. Like I'm going to take the blessing off of you and I'm going to put a curse on you because you're not listening to me. 
And so, of course, we, through Christ, are grafted in. And so we also, even as the Jewish people, are God's chosen race. We are the apple of his eye because we are grafted in because of Christ. So he's like, if you're not going to listen to me, then I'm going to bring cursing on your life. And that's exactly what happened to Pharaoh. He's not listening. He fell subject to his own bad choices. And when God turned off the sun for three days, you think that would have woke him up, right? Like who can turn the sun off? But Pharaoh was still not willing to let God's people go. Like, who are you thinking you're dealing with here? You know, you would think that was the last straw. And it was because that broke the camel's back for Pharaoh here, that was going to bring a curse upon him and all of the Egyptians for what they've done for who knows, 100, 200 years of cursing God's people. Like they could not even imagine what God is gonna do next. You would think after the light being shut off of the sun, that would have woke him up, but it didn't. How far will we push things in our life? We push things and push things. We know it's wrong and we keep pushing them and pushing them. You know, it's like, don't push God in these areas. He wants to be gracious to us. Don't push him. How far will we abuse that grace that God has poured into our lives? Like we sing in that song, grace like rain. I mean, God just pours it out, but don't take advantage of it. I never cease to amaze myself at how many times I can miss the mark of God's perfect will in my life. Like, you know, like just, I'm just going, I'm going and, you know, patience is not one of my greatest uh, traits here, you know, and I like to go and go and, and then all of a sudden I realize, well, maybe I shouldn't have done that. And I just amaze myself at how many times like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. How many times I can do something really lame? And I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. And I find myself at his feet again, like, Lord, have mercy on me once again. But the wonderful thing about being a Christian, I love that verse in 1 John 1, 9. It says, if we confess our sin, and that word confess means you're agreeing with God. Like, man, you messed up. You messed up like, Lord, I messed up big time here. When we confess our sin before God, it says he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Wow, what a God we serve. Praise Jesus for that. Yes, amen. We have to realize we are so privileged here in America. God has been so gracious to us, but we can see the blessing on America is coming to an end. It's starting to fade. Do you not see it around us? As our country is facing rising crime, as our country is facing rising division within us, we're seeing rising inflation. You know why? Because we've abandoned God if we've embraced science. We're gonna follow science. And it's like we, we've, we've completely abandoned God. And look at all the things that we've done with our laws. It's just crazy. Our rejection on a whole of God here in America, not maybe you and me personally, because we're believers, but for America in general, we have embraced what God calls sin. I mean, what was it, 1973? I mean, here we are 50 years later. We're still aborting babies. We've aborted 62 million babies. You think that God is not going to bring a serious judgment? It doesn't happen overnight. These people were enslaved for who knows, 100, 200 years. Nothing happened. It's like, oh, this is the greatest thing that ever happened. And they're just, yeah, slavery, slavery, all this stuff. And then finally, God just, bam, 
It ends today. And that's what happened to them. And the same thing with America. Like, we've been blessed. You know, World War II, there were certain events that happened in World War II that we came out victorious out of World War II. But if those certain events didn't happen, then it's like we would not have come out victorious. The good news is, for us believers, is we are secure in Christ. No matter what happens, God is going to take care of us. I mean, the whole world is really just on, it's fragile right now. That's why we must always worship the Lord and serve and obey him. Know this, God is not asking you to live in a way that he's not asking me to live. All believers are called to live this way. The believers back here 3,500 years ago with Moses all asked to live the same way here. God wants us to serve him. Proverbs 4.25 says, let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Turn your foot from evil. God says, you keep your eyes on me. You walk with me because we are living in radical, radical times right now. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.